On today's episode of the Pool Shark Sports Podcast, host Tampa Pritt will feature two special guests, phlebotomist and bloodsucking monster Eric Tyler Pritt, and Philadelphia sports homer, Philly fan Andy. They'll get into various topics such as the Alliance of American Football, Antonio Brown, the real bros of Simi Valley, Russell Westbrook, Waffles, and... Let's get started. Pulsar Sports Podcast. You're so replaceable. All you have to do is run over there and catch the ball. I honestly feel bad for him because I am so glad he's gone. Man, what else can you really ask for? Sharp objects that can kill people. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Sports Podcast, Wednesday, February 13th, 2019. We got a weird one coming for you. Got a good episode. A lot of good stuff going on. Antonio Brown, done with the Steelers, or so he says. Russell Westbrook, 10 triple doubles in a row. Second best player on his own team. We got some weird stuff coming at you. We had the AAF kickoff over the weekend. Great topics there. Ton to talk about, honestly. Ton to talk about there. The AAF. Wow. Wow. Did you see that woman blow that call? Um, what what the interception call in uh what game? Orlando and Atlanta, right? Yeah, the game was pouring rain. Uh fourth quarter. Interception, Orlando's gonna take knees and run out the clock to win the game. And she let the call stand, but it was clearly wrong. Clearly wrong. She almost did the same thing on the first review in that first quarter, uh, leaving the no touchdown call stand when the guy caught that long pass. Uh, it was called on the field, no touchdown. He clearly caught the ball. Announcers, and I think everyone watching, agreed he caught the ball for like at least 60 seconds. That, that woman was saying, no, there's, there's not enough there. Not enough there. There's just, we're going to have to let it stand. There's not enough there. I'm like, woman, Jesus Christ, I mean, how much do you have to see? I know it has to be, like, inconclusive or undisputable video evidence. But, like, that's what we have, woman. That's what we have. Make the call. And it literally just one angle. It changed the angle one time, and she goes, Oh, yeah, he secured the catch. It touches the ground, but the ground didn't aid in the catch, so we're going to overturn this one. And I'm just like, one angle? You made that impulse call after seeing that clip one time after 60 seconds. You were just sitting here thinking it, it was incomplete. It's a great idea. It's a great idea to show them in there like that. Make it just show them, watch the video and talk through it and everything. Great idea. NFL has to do that. They got to do it. But that woman, not good at her job. The interception call blew it. 
That touchdown call almost blew it. We're going to call our .5 out of 2 on the game. That's not a good batting average. You're not getting into the Hall of Fame with those numbers. I don't know. AAF was fun, though. AAF was very fun. I'm very excited for the next couple weekends of watching that. Uh, I don't even know how long the season is, honestly, but I'll watch the whole damn thing. Beginning to end, I'll watch it. Uh, what else? Like I said, Antonio Brown. That guy, I mean, dude, no one cares what you think. You're, you're a receiver. You're nothing but your own athleticism. If you were a quarterback or, or a tailback whose decisions on the field have a huge impact on the game, then it'd be fine that you're so over the top. No one would care. But, dude, you're so replaceable. All you have to do is run over there and catch the ball. I'm not saying it's easy, but a lot of athletes can do that, man. Gotta take a look in the mirror, A.B. I mean, what, what do you think your worth really is? Yeah, you're fast. I don't know. I'm kind of fast, to be honest. I'm not Antonio Brown, but I'm also a lot less of a diva. Going to piss a lot less people off in the locker room. I don't know. Antonio Brown, I, I, I don't think you were going back, man. Like, I don't think they were going to have you back. They, I'm not saying they weren't. They wouldn't be dumb to have you back. I mean, you and Big Ben together are like, like peanut butter and jelly. You have the greatest rapport perhaps ever. I mean, you run a hitch. If you don't get the ball on your break, I just see you sprinting downfield, and he just knows you're doing it. He won't even see it, and he'll just chuck it up, and he'll score a touchdown. It wouldn't be terrible for them to call you back, but I, I don't think they were going to because why would they? I mean, you acted like a child, like an absolute child. I played football when I was six years old in the first grade. I never threw a ball at a teammate in practice. That's immature like I've never heard. Come on, Antonio Brown. Uh, anyway, we're going to have uh, Philly fan Andy on today. That guy's going to talk some Philly sports. We're going to talk entertainment. That guy's funny. Uh, we're going to talk to my biological brother. Great guy, phlebotomist. I call him a blood-sucking monster. Eric Tyler Pritt. He's going to be on today. We're going to talk AAF. We're going to have a good one for you today. We're going to have a good one. Let's talk Russell Westbrook for a second. So, Russell Westbrook has 10 consecutive triple doubles. As of last night. Wow. 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 Look at you, Russell Westbrook. You're the second best player on your own team. You will never win an NBA championship. It's tough to say this because you seem like a great guy, but you're a terrible teammate, man. On the court, you're the most selfish person I've ever seen. And I'm not talking with the ball. You pass the ball well, you have 10 assists almost every game because you try so hard to get a triple-double. I'm not saying you don't pass. You're a terrible teammate. You pass for your own numbers. You don't care about winning. 
You don't care about winning. Last night, you literally approached Paul George in, I think it said the fourth quarter, fourth quarter, and said, hey, I'm an assist away from a triple-double. Get open near the basket. I'll dish you one. Paul George said, I had no idea. He said, I was clueless in that moment. He was focused on winning the basketball game, folks. Your own triple-double is cool, but that over winning? I don't think Michael Jordan focused on on triple-doubles over winning. I don't think LeBron James focuses on triple-doubles over winning. LeBron James focuses on other ridiculous stuff over winning. But he can still win because it's not on-court stuff. He focuses on trades. He focuses on making everybody on his team hate him. He focuses on firing his coaches. He focuses on those kind of things. When he's on the court, he's all in. He's trying to win the game. In the playoffs, you see him make the right play all the time in the closing moments, even if he doesn't shoot the ball. That's the thing. LeBron James is unselfish. He sees who has the best shot. If it's him, he takes it. If it's not, he makes a perfect pass. He's phenomenal. He's beautiful on the court. Russell Westbrook literally goes on the court not to win the game, but to try to put up as many numbers as possible. Who who cares that you have 10 triple-doubles in a row? The only reason you've ever won a lot of games is because you had Kevin Durant and Paul George on your teams. Last year, you didn't. You had a triple-double every single game. And your team wasn't good. Come on, Russ. Come on, media. Really, I mean, all everything I've seen today. I've seen nothing about Paul George. He's averaging literally around like 40 points a game in the past like two weeks or something. Some crazy thing, and everyone's talking about Russ. I like Russ. Russ is funny. Russ has a personality. He's authentic. He seems like a really good guy, honestly. He really does. Seems like a kind, polite, well-mannered individual. He'll never win. He'll never win an NBA championship. It's a shame. Because he's a great player. He's the type of guy you want to root for. He'll never win. All right, I'm sick of talking about Russ. Second best player on his own team. Paul George is fun. So fun to watch him play. He's so smooth. He's silky smooth. He almost looks like he's in slow motion. Every step is so deliberate. It's beautiful. It's Oh, I love watching him. He's one of my favorite players to watch. All right. Sick of the Thunder. Sick of them. Let's talk to somebody. Uh, let, let's, get, let's get our blood-sucking monster on here. All right, who wants to hear from him, huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. Platform. Here he comes. All right, uh, Eric Tyler Pritt, everybody. Very good to have you on the show, Mr. Pritt. Thank you so much for being on the line. No problem, dude. I am more than glad to be here. I figured you might. And uh, as... As... A phlebotomist as a blood-sucking monster, I think everyone can kind of overtly tell that your sports expertise comes directly from your career. So why don't you just walk us through like a day in the life of a phlebotomist? Yeah, I mean, most people are really interested in phlebotomy and they want to know all about it because they find getting a needle stabbed in their arm to be like something that's enjoyable for them. So it makes my job pretty easy because everyone who comes in really wants to be there. You know? Naturally, yes. But uh, it, my job is, it is, I don't know, I would say it's its fun when it has its moments, you know. Every morning I go in and I just uh, hang out and stick needles in people. But every day is a new challenge, you know. Every vein is different and every person's veins or can be different from time to time, even when it's the same person, you know? So it's uh, kind of monotonous, but still 
fun way to spend my time better than sitting behind the desk all day, you know? Yeah. To play with shiny, sharp objects and help save people's lives. So that's fun. Yeah, what else can you really ask for? Sharp objects that can kill people, but you help people with them. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So how's, uh, how's everything been going outside of the career? Well, you know, just trying to freaking survive grad school. Um, I don't recommend it unless you uh, want to go to grad school, then go to grad school. But if you're on the fence about going to grad school, um, just know that the work is boring sometimes and you want to die because you don't sleep. So that's my life outside of work. So I work like 45 to 50 hours a week and then I'm in school one to three nights a week and then I'm doing homework when I'm not there. It's pretty freaking great. <laughs> wow. I, I'm literally at a loss. I, you, you, <laughs> all of these things and you still have a sports expertise uh, deep inside the numbers like I've never seen. Oh, dude. I make the time, you know, got to make time for the important things. School, work, my cat, my wife, and sports. Not necessarily in that order, especially because she can probably hear me. Hey, um, order not important. (laughs) That's that's all I'll say on that. (laughs) So on top of everything you got going on, you have any time to catch up on the AAF this weekend? Yeah, I, uh, I meant to, so I had a few people over on Saturday night and we were playing Cards Against Humanity and What Do You Meme and Twister. And nice. uh, I meant to turn on the Saturday night games and I just completely forgot to. But I did watch the the really fun 26-0 blowout loss by Memphis yesterday. Yeah. Um, that was a really really exciting game to watch. Yeah, one of my biggest takes from that game was how great of a head coach Mike Singletary is continuing to be, uh, picking up right where he left off in his NFL career. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I sat there in my Singletary jersey the whole game and watched it and cried myself to sleep afterwards. Yeah, that, that was certainly a slugfest. But, uh, and then, of course, I didn't watch the 8 o'clock game yesterday, which was probably the best game of the whole weekend. At least the score was the, you know, made it look like it right. was the most that, exciting. Uh, Arizona game, Arizona-Utah. Salt Lake City, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was a good game. Yeah, I heard that one looked like it was probably pretty good. But, I mean, overall, I was, even though, like, the game itself was a blowout, uh, I think the AF's got some good things going for it, so I look forward to seeing you know how how the teams are playing at the end of the season compared to how they're playing right now. Because obviously, none of them are super prepared or really have any idea what they're doing in week one of season one of a league that's never existed before. Right. Uh, so I think you know, come two months from now. I mean, we'll be seeing eight completely different teams, you know. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that that's honestly what stood out mostly to me too. Was kind of just you could you could really tell how new and how inexperienced the league was 
from the play itself. Everything around it was very professionally done. Uh, the official, yeah. the officials Dude, did a good job. The, the broadcast was amazing. good. The app is really freaking dope. The yeah. like the live tracking and predict the play and all that stuff is super interesting. Yeah, the app is exceptional, especially relative to the NFL app, which to me is pointless. Yeah, yeah, especially if you don't have Verizon, because if I mean, if you right, is it Verizon's yeah. where, where you can at least watch free games on there? Yeah, but uh, yeah, the AAF app is pretty cool. Like, I hope to see it add more like news and that kind of stuff to it. Yep, same. But uh, but yeah, like when the game is happening, that app is legit. Yeah, it's very cool, very cool, and how it tracks all the players, even that little animated like live follow it thing. I don't yeah. know how that technology works. It's fascinating to me. Yeah. Like even on the on their website during the game, like you it doesn't have the like, you know, predict the like play prediction or whatever, I don't think on the website, but it still has like the you know, instead of a game cast like you get on ESPN or something where it's just telling you what happened to that play, you just get to watch little computer guys do it. It's right. pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Um Along the same lines, some of the technology type stuff, I want to get your opinion on the um, the official replays. Did you have a chance to see any of those in the game you, you caught? Uh, yeah, where they like show you the official in the booth while he is making the call, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was super weird. <laughs> like, when they first switched to it, I was like, what the freak is happening? It's like this this dude sitting in a room by himself with an iPad like, yeah, I don't think we can, I don't see enough there. I was like, what are we looking at right now? And they were like, you know, the AAF allows you to, or allows us to show you what the replay official is doing. I was like, what? That is an insane amount of transparency that they are providing. Like, that is pretty awesome. Yeah, and just by doing it, not necessarily this one, but just some of the new things they're bringing on. It seems like the NFL ha- will have no choice but to adopt some of them. As soon as I saw like, uh, where they were having that official, not just that they were showing that official in the booth as they're adjusting the calls or whatever, but the fact that the on-field officials never go to replay and there's just a ninth official in the box who can make or like blow off penalties the same as an on-field ref and can do it in real time. I was like, dude, that is a brilliant idea and yep. that's exactly what the NFL should do. I completely agree. Saints fans, thank the AAF. Yeah, exactly, because that that call would obviously be made in the AAF with this, you know, with this sky official. Yeah, there's a brilliant idea. Exactly. It would have been, there would have been no controversy at all because before the, the saints even huddled up again, there would have been something happening. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I like, I didn't, I didn't see in the game I was watching where the replay official did make a penalty call that was missed on the field. Me either. So, So I don't know how you know i guess they just say hey that was a penalty and then the official just throws a flag or like i don't know how that works but it's still a good idea very good um but it in the orlando game the very first well that in the um san diego and san antonio games were at the same time but i had the orlando game on my national broadcast uh on cbs and they had one review in the fourth quarter and one in the first quarter. 
in the first quarter, I literally wrote this down, watching the woman decide whether to let the play stand or overturn them was very cool. The next time the same exact thing happened, I lost my mind and kind of began to hate it because on the very first time, it was a touchdown, uh, like a long touchdown pass by Orlando. Um, they On the field, they called it incomplete. They overturned it, called it a touchdown. I think it was a touchdown. Uh, the question was, the ball did hit the ground. There was no question about that. It was a matter of, did the ground aid the catch? It was one of those. Yeah. Um, and it seemed really obvious to both myself and the commentators that the ground didn't help. It should have been a catch. And the, the woman who was making the call, she's for probably 45 seconds or something like that, every angle she sees, she goes, there's not enough to change it. Like, we're just going to have to let it stand. Uh, this is not going to be a touchdown. She sees one angle that changed her mind, and she goes, no, the ground definitely did not aid the catch. We're going to call that a touchdown. But I didn't think anything of it at the time. I was like, that's pretty cool. They showed the chick, like, make her decision. That's awesome. The NFL should do this. But then in the fourth quarter, it was completely irrelevant. There's, like, two minutes left in the game. Orlando's up by something like 40. Steve Spurrier is going crazy. It's awesome. Um, yeah, they, I th- they won 46, I think. Yeah, it was bad. But the way the game ended on a couple kneel downs by Orlando, they got the ball on an interception to take those knees, but there should have been an interception before the play that they actually got the interception. It was one of these replays. So the the receiver on the right hash runs a little five-yard hitch, very simple route. Corner makes a great read. As soon as the receiver breaks on his route, he just jumps underneath it, intercepts the pass, and they get the ball. They're going to take knees to end the game. That seems like it's going to be it. But then it, it shows the woman, on the field, they called it incomplete. Um, that, that's very important. So on the field, they call it incomplete. And you see the woman like looking at all the angles. And this one, the ball didn't even hit the ground. And it was overt. It was obviously an interception. Like he got both arms under it. He was in, he was almost like parallel with the ground when he caught it. He was face down. He dove forward. Yeah. He cradled it, his arms underneath it. Fell to the ground, caught the ball, simple as that. It was as routine of like that kind of diving catch as there is, really. And she let it stand. She said there, he didn't catch it. And it was that was demoralizing because I was like, I like this concept so much, and she's bad at it. I, that, that, that was upsetting to me. I didn't enjoy that at all. But yeah. the very next play, the ball never lies. They pick off a pass and then take knees. Uh, that was beautiful. I yeah, love that. Well, then, uh, Chiefs game, what in the the Chiefs Patriots game? What happened? Where oh the Julian Edelman thing, where like the ball you know may or may not have hit him or whatever, and then didn't like the next play. Yeah, uh, Brady like throws an interception or something, and they're, and they're just like, wow, that could not have been weirder. <laughs> like the ball doesn't lie. The ball does not lie. What else is going on in AAF? So no kickoffs, no extra points. Yeah, um, okay. So so the other day, me and West were talking about this, and I was like, yeah, so no kickoffs, which is fine. Like, uh, that doesn't bother me a whole lot. Because I guess one of the main guys, uh, like one of the higher-ups in the league, whatever, basically said he refused to attach himself to a league that had kickoffs. Like, it was a deal-breaker for him if the league did have kickoffs. So, yeah, with no kickoff. And then I saw there's no extra point. And then I saw, like, there's kickers on the rosters. And I was like, what the freak did they do? Like, I could not wrap my brain around why there were kickers on the roster. Because I just completely forgot that 
field goal attempts exist. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what the freak is going on? Like, why is Nick Novak on this team? Why do they have kickers? What is the deal with this bullcrap? Like, why are they even there? And I was like, oh, because there are still field goal attempts. Like, that is still a thing that you're allowed to do. It just completely left my mind that that, that those existed. <laughs> Having said that, my two takeaways, football-wise, not ignoring kind of the administrative aspect of the new league, football-wise, my two takeaways were the Alabama team is just as dominant as the other Alabama team. The Birmingham Iron seem to be obviously the best team in the league. And second, Nick Novak is the MVP of this league. Dude, Nick Novak had a ridiculously good game. I could not believe that. Yeah, what did he kick like? I think two over 50 or just the one over 50. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, went three for three, I believe. Had a great game. Phenomenal game. Yeah, I was like, yeah, he was incredible in that game. That's, that's, I thought the same thing. as soon as, After his first kick, I was like, dude, kicker's league. Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had, you know, two or three more. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this dude, like, this dude still got it. Dude, Bears, sign Nick Novak. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, no comment for me on that one. <laughs> JK, Bears need to sign Robbie Gold. If y'all got Gold back, that, that'd be good. That'd be really I, good. I, he's, I, he's still under contract, isn't he? No, he's an unrestricted free agent. You should get Robbie Gold. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I might, if we sign Robbie Gold, I might be more excited about that player pickup than I was about the Khalil Mack trade. I'm not even kidding. I would probably because when the Khalil wow. Mack trade when the Khalil Mack trade happened, I was just like, "What are you serious? We actually did that." But like, if we signed Robbie Gold, I would lose my freaking mind just because he's already like a you know one of the. He is one of the all-time great Bears. Like, he truly is. You know, he's obviously not like... Uh, he's Well, obviously, he's still in the league, so he's not like a Hall of Famer. But, I mean, he's our leading point scorer. He was, the, he was there for so long. Like, everyone in Chicago freaking loves Robbie Gold. And Robbie Gold freaking loves Chicago. So it would just be... I would be so freaking hyped to see him come home. I think the league would honestly like you mentioned that he's kind of a fan favorite amongst Chicagoans. I think NFL fans know who Robbie Gold is. He's, yeah, he's almost like a David Akers. Like he he's a celebrity amongst kickers. It's strange. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. I love that dude. Did you see Justin Tuck get interviewed during the AAF games? Um, I don't remember. So Justin Tuck's role in the AAF is advisor for player engagement. Okay. And that alone is fascinating. What is that? Yeah, they have a few weird positions. Troy Palomalu is like player relations something or another. Like there's a few former NFL players who are in weird like player relations capacity. Yeah, and uh, Jeff Fisher is the chief football strategist. Um, I figured that means somehow, like rules-wise, like he he heads the committee that 
that just that figured out like the new rules for this league or whatever. But like it, these titles, I'm excited as all get out to see these guys on TV. But then it says their role, and I'm just like, what does he do in this league? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Um. But yeah, Justin Tuck, like Super Bowl champ, and I was like, oh look, he's getting interviewed, and it just said said advisor for player engagement. I, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And they didn't ask him anything about his role. They were just asking him, you know, like, how excited for you about the new league? Uh, how good are these games? Like, what's going on? It was nothing. I was like, talk to me about what he's doing. Like, I, this guy is here for a reason. He's a millionaire. He wouldn't just show up. Yeah. Like, they, they need him, and he really wants to be here. It, I wanted to know more. I'm so very curious on all that stuff. Let me see. Yeah. Member of Player Engagement Board of Advisors. Yeah, and Jared Allen. Oh, yeah, because I said uh, before, Troy Palomalu, Heinz Ward, Jaron Allen are all part of it. So Troy Palomalu is the head of player relations. Uh, Heinz Ward is a player relations executive. Jared Allen is a player relations executive and investor. I guess investor is lowercase, so that just miss, that must just mean he's in, and he is an investor in the, like he's a stakeholder in right. the league itself. Right. But yeah, all these dudes are player relations executives. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the freak that means. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The AF is cool, but it's mysterious. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I'm pretty hyped that they exist. And I think it's, I mean, I think that it's going to help the NFL as, like, it's not going to, it's not in competition with the NFL. I think it's just going to make people like that there is football happening you know year round and people you know people effing love football so they're yeah they're gonna gonna watch it and then when it ends they're gonna be like man i am really ready for the nfl now i couldn't (laughs) agree more the the uh saturday night like league kickoff event on cbs outrated the saturday night primetime nba game the thunder rockets game uh the af got more viewers in the nba primetime game dude that is That's hilarious. Isn't it? That just proves that when Americans <laughs> actually like have time to pass, when they're not too busy watching baseball, they watch football. Yeah. That is that is actually pretty mind blowing. Yeah, it really is. But something else to note, the XFL's premiere when it aired the first time, whatever year that was, uh got something like a fourteen rating. Like a huge rating. I don't know that much about TV ratings, but 14 basically means 14% of every of, of people, people in America are watching that. Yeah. So we've had football leagues before pop up and do great in their premieres. Um, but what I can say is this one seems a lot more likely to last than the XFL. Yeah, this one it seems like it's you know professionally run. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, like these guys actually want it to keep existing. Right, everyone involved is a is a football guy. Jeff yeah. Fisher, Heinz Ward, like these names that you associate with not just the sport, but with uh, almost like the politics of the sport. Yeah, and especially the fact that the other leagues have all in some capacity tried to compete with the NFL, and this is outspokenly not trying to do that. Right, it's, it's strictly the alliance. It's, yeah. lit- it's literally a friendship. Yeah, so the fact that they are in no way trying to compete, if anything, they're trying to, you know, it's a, they're, you know, using it as a development league, basically. Right. So yeah. Their goal their goal is that their players don't stay there and go to the NFL. 
Right. Either go to the NFL or go back to school. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's maybe my favorite part of the whole league is the stipends they get. They're going to give to people to go back to school. They all get paid the same amount. Like we were talking about, you know, with uh, I think he made this point was, you know, with a lot of leagues, players have to decide or they have to make this choice. And neither of them are wrong decisions, but they either have to choose between making as much money as they possibly can make or like taking less than their worth in order to try to win more you Mm -hmm. know yep and in this league that's not a problem that's going to happen if they keep this model because everyone is making the exact same amount so all they have to do is worry about the competition like that's a great point in theory, like it should also help the parity of the league itself because nobody's going out there trying to make four times more money than anyone else because the league won't allow them to. Right, right. Yeah, that's a great point. That's something I wouldn't have thought of. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, Tom Brady is kind of, this is not why he's famous, but it's very well known that he takes pay cuts to get better players around him and he wins a championship every year. Yeah, and then um, you have Aaron Rodgers who gets the maximum contract he possibly can and then misses the playoffs. Yeah, and sprains his MCL in the first game of the season because he takes such a beating because he doesn't have an offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good take. That's a very yeah. good take. Uh, what did you think of the quarterback play in general? Freaking Christian Hackenberg uh, <laughs> is what his last name leads you to believe is that he's a hack. Like, get that freaking guy out of here. That dude can go back to from whence he came. <laughs> the kid from freaking for Birmingham, though, uh-huh. was staggeringly good. Literally never heard of this dude. His name was freaking, like, Luis something, right? He yeah, was, Lewis something. They said or he played it. He played at some small Texas Prairie A&M or something. Yep. And uh, I guess he was like the D2 Heisman equivalent winner a couple, a few years ago. But that dude looked for real. Oh, like we said earlier, you're not expecting everyone to play at their highest level in week one of a new league to exist. And so, so he did miss some throws and... You know, wasn't like perfect by any means, but dude was good. Yeah, he was the one quarterback in the league um, that I noticed that I'm not saying he's he's NFL ready, but is like an NFL quarterback in this way. A lot of not unsuccessful quarterbacks, but quarterbacks that play football that don't go pro. The reason they couldn't go pro is because they need to see a receiver to be able to throw it to him. There's yeah. not, uh, they can't just throw it to space knowing that their guy is going to be there. He yeah. was the one quarterback in the league who didn't need to see his receiver but could still throw an accurate pass. Yeah. Uh, I, I completely and agree. He was hitting guys. Yeah, like uh, Hackenberg, every freaking throw, he was throwing over someone's head or he was throwing in the dirt. Like He was just all over the place. But this dude threw it high when he needed it to be high, like threw bullets when he needed to throw bullets. Like He just looked good. Like He looked – he was obviously – he was ready to play. Yeah, he he On seems. Yeah. Where isn't his backup Blake Sims? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I feel like you know it's kind of hard to bench a national, you know, a national champion contender from 
Alabama in Birmingham and start a D2 kid from Texas. And But looked like the right choice. I mean, he's good. <laughs> yeah, on the exact contrary, um, the Atlanta team, the Legends, their backup quarterback is Aaron Murray. Oh, uh, he didn't start? No. I just assumed he was playing because I saw he was on their team because, like I said, I didn't watch that game. But. Yeah, their starting QB is uh, Matt Sims. It's Chris Sims' younger brother. Okay, I was like, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, Phil Sims' son. Um, he's not any good. I don't know why he starts. Yeah, he, he's dude, bad. Aaron Murray, <laughs> Aaron Murray, I still, to this day, played the single greatest game I have ever seen in person, hands down. Not even close, in person. And one of just the greatest individual efforts. I've ever seen like in basketball you see like one person carry a team and win a game like pretty regularly. I've never seen in a football game one individual just carry the entire team on his back for a win the way he did at Tennessee in 2013. It was the most insane game I've ever freaking been to. And like I'll never ever forget that game. And I'm just like, dude, Aaron Murray is the freaking guy because Todd Gurley was hurt in that game. Nick Chubb got hurt in that game. Their number one wide receiver, who I don't remember who it was now, got hurt in that game. So literally he's down his top two running backs and his top receiver. And this dude is just like, he had a touchdown run that was like 40 yards where he was just shaking guys off of it. Like, Aaron Murray is just throwing defenders off of him as he has, like, a 40-yard touchdown run. It was just unfreaking believable It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen an individual do in a football game. Yeah, that run, you just detailing it, is astonishing because that kind of reminds me of something like a Ryan Tannehill doing that. Just like yeah. a, a regular-bodied, not... Like athletic, but not like yes. freakishly athletic. Just like a kind of regular tall guy going crazy. Yes, and that's what it. I mean, it looked weird as he was running to the end zone because it's just this this tall, you know, not what you think of as like a quote unquote athletic quarterback. You know, it's not like Mitchell Trubisky running to the end zone or Cam Newton running to the end zone. Right, he doesn't it, look like that guy. Yeah, no, it was just this big, tall dude running to the end zone. It was amazing. Yeah, and that guy, it probably goes unnoticed just because his name is Aaron Murray and not Peyton Manning, but he's the all-time SEC leader in passing yards and touchdowns, I think. Something kind of unprecedented or crazy like that. Aaron Murray seems to be the real deal. Atlanta Legends, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, and well, yeah, and especially to be in Atlanta. and where he almost won an SEC championship and had, like, I don't know if you remember when they lost to Alabama in the SEC championship on, like, the I mean, on the last play of the game, he had, like, they had the chance, Georgia had the chance to win it and just got stopped short of the goal line on a, you know, pass to the uh, right. Uh you know, it was just like a hitch or something to the right, or almost like a screen to the right, and didn't score and lost by four or five points or something. And I mean, if they had won that game, they would have 
destroyed Notre Dame in the national championship. Yeah. <laughs> and Aaron Murray probably would have gotten drafted higher and would still be in the NFL. Yeah, you're right. He, uh, Everyone that was in the top 10 that year that wasn't Notre Dame would have beat Notre Dame. Yeah, that's as if, if they had beat Alabama and Georgia had played in that national championship game, Georgia would have won more national championship titles than they do right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. For me, it's, it's going to come down to the coaches. This, this game is going to get a lot more exciting and a lot more competitive, I guess, once the coaches can figure out how to get their athletes the ball in space in this league. Um, they struggled to do it this weekend. It seemed like it was just because they didn't have, they didn't know which plays to call. Um, yeah. They were calling stuff that had worked for them in the past, either in the NFL or at top tier colleges, where they have the athletes and the, um, the just the consistency of practice. There, so many repetitions. So they're used to their players doing this this kind of thing every single day, yeah. for for hours. And these dudes are all off the couch. They're like replacement players almost. Um, so once the players are both kind of just acclimated to the game and the coaches can figure out how to get their players the ball in space, this league is going to be awesome, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's I think this league is going to end up being pretty solid. I'm going to hit you with a lightning round real quick. Random questions, give me your takes. Oh, let's go. March Madness, who's winning? Oh, dude. Uh freaking Butler, baby. If All right. they even make the tournament, honestly, I haven't kept up with in college basketball a ton. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that freaking dude from Duke that is all over ESPN's genitals yeah, all the time. Uh, Zion yeah. Williamson. Yeah, that kid. I mean, he's pretty good. Um, oh, no, dude, I live in Tennessee. Go number one Vol. There you go. <laughs> Let's effing go. That's literally why I asked the question. I forget that they're good at things sometimes. Every once in a while. I know. Well, I forget that their men's teams are good at anything. Their softball team's pretty good, generally. Their women's basketball team's generally pretty good. I forget that they're... I forget that those Tennessee boys can do anything at all up there. But, yeah, dude, go freaking Vols, baby. Go Vols, yep. Uh, true story. I got in, it wasn't a cab. I almost said I got in a cab the other day. I don't think anyone rides cabs anymore. I got, I got an Uber the other day. Um, and the, the fella driving was wearing a Texas Longhorns hat. Um, but like I got in the back seat. So all I saw was the back of his hat and like the little tag on the back where the like adjuster thing is. I don't know what that's called, but there was a little tag on that that had a T, uh, like a Texas T. But all I saw was the T. I didn't see the front of the hat. So I got in the car and said, go Vols, and started shooting the shit about, like, football and basketball and everything and saying how they're going to win the SEC. And the whole time, he's just kind of chuckling at me. And I'm like, yo, this guy is, like, a dick. I'm giving him a one-star rating. No tip. One star. I do not appreciate this vibe. And then he showed me the hat. Most powerful color on the color wheel hit me. Most powerful? Most powerful. powerful. Ooh. Ooh. Dude, there's nothing more... Re- there's nothing that says I rule over everyone that more than purple. Wow, I was not ready for that. You now rule over me with that spicy take. Wow, okay. Uh, what, so that's what, most- do you, what did you formally believe to be the most powerful color? See, my... I'm too wishy-washy is the thing. I don't have enough. I'm not powerful enough to know. Yeah, so there you have it. Atlanta Legends AAF champions this year. 
Nah, dude. Orlando's obviously gonna win. You think so? Uh, I I would ta- right now. I would take Orlando. I would take Birmingham because it's Alabama. Really, that's the only reason. See, I would take uh, Orlando one because their margin of victory was more impressive, and also, like obviously, I didn't watch that game, so I didn't see. Uh, didn't see Atlanta's quarterback, but Christian Hackenberg was so effing bad. I find it hard to imagine that whoever Atlanta was playing was worse. <laughs> he wasn't worse. He was not worse. Confirmed. Uh, not good, but not worse. Yeah. Um, to me, that the margin of victory for Orlando isn't all that convincing because it got out of hand early. Um, yeah. So in those kind of games, it tends to just snowball yeah, because fair. the team that's winning is having so much fun and the team that's losing just wants to go home. And it was yeah. pouring rain uh, in Orlando. It was absolutely pouring. I saw like videos afterward of uh, of that game, and it was insane. It was torrential. Hard. I couldn't yeah. believe how hard it was raining. <laughs> yeah, but that yeah. I think Birmingham put on the most dominant performance to me, um, just because of the control. Uh, it was almost like watching an Alabama Week One game in the sense that it doesn't even matter what the score is because you can tell who who daddy is you know what i mean yeah. it was yeah from jump they were uh who who'd they play uh memphis 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 couldn't move the ball memphis yeah. couldn't get anything going when they did have one or two good plays they would turn it over or something would go wrong um that just looked like alabama football to me yeah final question waffles or pancakes <laughs> Waffles. Uh, because I don't go to Pancake House, I go to Waffle House. You don't ever go to the International House of Pancakes? Uh, no. F I hop. It's all about waffles. Yeah. So, uh, when I realized that I was asking about the International House of Pancakes, I remembered that there's a restaurant in South Bend, Indiana, very nearby. University of Notre Dame called the Pancake House. And so I'm now taking waffles, 10 out of 10, Waffle House over Pancake House. <laughs> Screw Notre Dame. Yeah, I am all about waffles. Waffle, yeah, waffles are... It's, it's, almost, it's hardly even a comparison to me. Yeah, they're... Waffles are so much better. To me, it's hardly a comparison because they're legitimately so different. They're they not. Are, they don't complement one different. another. Like the question doesn't seem to be the right question. Yeah, uh, it's like, I mean, the question is basically which round, you know, which round breakfast bread do you prefer? Because uh, that's about where the similarities end. But right, a pancake is almost more like a, like a tostada, but like a. But like these, uh, no, I can't remember the name of the dish now. There's this dish that I had when I traveled to Spain that's like basically just like mashed potatoes cooked into a pie, but it kind of just looks like a pancake and it kind of just tastes like a pancake without any syrup or butter or anything. And like a pancake just so isn't <laughs> uh, bland and kind of delicious. I don't know. It was weird. It, I really you couldn't stop eating it, even though it had no flavor. It was they got to put something in it over there. But um. I don't know. A pancake just is so different than a waffle. They're, they they literally use different 
stuff to make them bread. They're different. They're completely different breads. Yeah. A pa- a pancake is more like a Danish bread. Actually, it's not. I don't know. See, it's like pancakes don't have an intimate relationship with the South the way waffles do because of Waffle House. And after being in the South, I've just come to really appreciate that intimate relationship between the people and the waffles and also the inexpensive nature of the waffles. Like, you know, if I want to go eat some fancy breakfast foods with my fancy better-than-you attitude, then I'll go to IHOP. But if I want to go have a down-home country meal with them kind old sweet folks down there at the Waffle House, then that's what I'm going to do, you know? I guess there you have it. The the waffle pancake dilemma is really much more about um, society and social norms and expectations. Um, Well, not expectations, but there's just so many dynamics at play here. And it's not just the flavors. Yes. It's a whole social realm. Yes, 100% agree. Uh, I see that as very statistically likely. And I did take a statistics class in undergrad, so I'm right. Right, yeah, I did take AP statistics, so I could be wrong. <laughs> I also took that class, however, I failed the AP exam. Oh yeah, so did I. Which is why I took it in undergrad. After getting, what did you get in the class? Like 100? A 104. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly how that class went for all of us. Shout out to you, Miss Simons, you're the coolest. <laughs> All right, that's all the time we have for this interview. Thanks so much for being on the show. Hopefully, we'll have you back on here again soon. This is a great conversation. So, yeah, I will be back on whenever you need or want or ask me. All right, that's thanks for being flexible. Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Busy all the time, but still flexible, you know, like a good yogi. Like the bear? Like a person who does yoga. Huh. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and end this interview now. (laughs) I'll see you next time. (laughs) Great interview. Thanks again. Eric Tyler Pritt, thanks for being on the show. Great interview. I'm a dope. I am a D-O-P dope. How did I not know that a yogi is an individual that does yoga? I'm a yogi. I myself am a yogi. I do yoga. I'm a part of the club. Didn't even know. Wasn't aware. Didn't know that I was in a club. Granted, that's not completely on me. As a club, you gotta have some kind of membership, like, uh, you gotta send me a pamphlet. Some kind of invoice, something. You gotta let your membership know. It's bad club management. I didn't know I was part of the club. See, just just last week, I uh, was at a restaurant here in Richmond. I, uh, I got a club sandwich. I did that thing, you kind of like, you kind of lean your right shoulder forward, hold your elbow a little higher than usual, you're like shielding your food. Normally it's just because like you're in the military or something, you got a reason to hide your stuff because you think, I don't know, whatever reason. But I, I just didn't want anyone to know that I was being scandalous. I'm not part of that club. 
And I am part of the club. I just didn't know. They didn't tell me. People were probably like, yo, why, why, why is he eating that sandwich like that? Say a mess hole. Just eat your sandwich, bro. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm a, I'm a yogi. Learn learn something new every day. I'm a dope. I'm not AB though. Not Antonio. Not Antonio Brown. Actually, I don't really know where I'm going with that. I'd much rather be that guy than me. <laughs> I mean, catching touchdowns, getting money. That's that's the life, right? Catching touchdowns, getting money. That should be in a rap song. Catching TDs, getting this money. I mean, wow. He's so he's so good at football. He can dye his mustache a ridiculous color and no one cares. If I dyed my mustache an unnatural color, oh, the the endless shit I would receive from everyone in my life. Everyone. I, I don't know a person that wouldn't make fun of me for that. No one cares. No one cares about AB's mustache. I'm the one breaking the news. FS1 ain't even breaking this. I, it's me. Jeez. No one thinks it's weird. I think it's weird. I think his mustache is weird. But, you know, that's who am I. I have a normal mustache, and I don't catch touchdowns to get money. So, so I guess I know nothing. But uh, I do know that Matt Bryant made news today. Matt Bryant, that old reliable down there in Atlanta, that kicker, that super old kicker that's almost as old as salt and pepper minus the pepper beard Adam Venetari. Uh, Matt Bryant said he expects to stay in the NFC South next season, possibly for the Buccaneers. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. In Tampa, we've been dealing with the likes of Chandler Catanzaro and uh, who's, who's that Florida State guy? That Florida State kicker. Aguayo. Roberto Aguayo. That dude. Wow. Best college kicker ever, statistically. And uh, by the end of the season, the Bucks were passing up on sub fifty yard field goals because they were they just knew they wouldn't make them. They just punt forty nine yard field goal and punt. Wow! Give me Matt Bryant. Give me Matt Bryant. He made that sixty one yarder against the Eagles in like 07 to win the game. I mean, the the dude's literally a Bucks legend. He, he's in Bucks history. Put him in the Ring of Honor. Give me Matt Bryant. I'll take him. I'll take Matt Bryant. I want Matt Bryant. Thank you, Matt Bryant, for saying that because now I no longer hate being a Bucks fan for like 12 hours. And now it's officially time for the very, very anticipated interview with one of the most asinine but knowledgeable individuals that you'll ever encounter on this show. We'll call him Philly Fan Andy. Here he is joining us via phone. How you doing, Andy? Good, Hunter. Nice to hear you, man. You know I hate being called Andy. I'm, I go by Andrew or Drew, please. Well, if you weren't such a ridiculous homer and say asinine things to me about your Philly, Philly teams, then I wouldn't really have to, you know, be disrespectful by calling you something you don't like. I understand that, but can you blame me? I mean, just look at the way the city's shaping up this past few years. I mean... It's just all over. What I... I kind of can blame you because I think it would be ridiculous to say that like three out of the four teams and honestly all four are going to win the championship in the next calendar year for their respective sports. That it would take a crazy person to say that. And all I can say is that I'm crazy in love with uh, the city of brotherly love. And so you know that we're just going to have to go out and perform in these sports because we have the talent. 
We've got the coaches. We've got the support of the best city in the United States. Uh, maybe not the world. Uh, Madrid's pretty lit. But absolutely top-notch teams. Best city on earth. I'll go for that, actually. I will say best city on earth. Okay. Okay. That's a pretty hot take. Um, <laughs> but but what I really have to ask you about is you said you got all the talent in the world, but I couldn't help notice that you guys just traded, what, number one overall pick or number two overall pick? Number one overall pick. Markel Fultz, point guard, just the other day on the trade deadline. What's your take on yeah. that? What, what, he's a talented kid, right? Kid's got so much talent, so much potential, and I honestly feel bad for him because I am so glad he's gone. Wow. Uh, the amount of points and shots he was just missing for us when he was with us, obviously he's been out with an injury since like early November. Right. Um, and so I'm happy to see us dump him off to – where where do we even send him? Is Orlando. Yep. Yeah, so they can have fun with him. Um, I don't even know if he's supposed to play again this year. Um, he was just not turning out the big expectations that you have from right. a number one overall pick. Um, spent a year and a half in the half in the league. He, I think he's averaging like seven points a game. Um, he was only taking eight shots a game. And that's not even including all the games he missed and whatnot. But you just see him, he's slacking on the field, only playing about 20 minutes. And I'm more than happy to get a first round and second round pick out of this deal just to have Markel off the, off the team. It sucks because the kid's young. I think he's only 20. Um, and so I remember being 20 a year ago. I could not be playing uh, professional basketball. Um but the kid's got spunk. I, I really hope the best for him, but thank God he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, having said that, I kind of want to get your take on the draft pick. So the next two guys after him were Lonzo Ball and Jason Tatum. Um, yeah. Lonzo, you could really <laughs> argue about his expectations and what he's done. But in general, those two guys seem to be legitimate NBA players in terms of they're playing on a night-in, night-out basis. And mm -hmm. it's not the case that the only thing they're doing is shitting the bed every night. Right. So I, I just want to get your take on that draft, those, that, that lottery. Every, everyone have, every team in the league would have picked Markel Fultz first overall. Wow. Um, I, I think a bunch of managers wanted him, and we finessed that pick. Um, I think we were originally going to pick third I'm... and then made some deal yeah. to come up with Fultz. And so, again, that's why it's so unfortunate for that to not work out. I don't think the organization ha had any folly. I don't think we, I wish we hadn't passed up on some of that other talent turned out, but I would much rather have had Markel sh shit the bed on my bench um, than I guess Lonzo's um, first two years with the Lakers. I'm liking the way he's looking now, but like I said, uh, I don't think it was a bad choice. It just could have worked out better. So you say, do you really mean that any team in the NBA would have taken Markel Fultz first? Any team? Even the Lakers. If the Lakers I, 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 had the pick, they would not have taken ball. They would have taken Markel Fultz. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I was too keyed in at the time to like the needs of each team and um, what type of player they were looking for. But from my understanding and recollection, Lonzo Ball was a lot of hype, not so much the guy you wanted to draft first overall. Um, and I didn't think it was too much of a shock. Again, correct me, but when Markel was drafted first, it was kind of like uh, the polls were saying, but we know the polls are fake yeah. news. Um, it was probably going to be him. Yeah. So I guess I, I'm confident to say that. I have no doubt. Yes, sir. 
All right, there you go. Sixers made the right pick, getting Fultz first overall. Uh, Jason Tatum, what a scrub, right? Um, yeah, passed up on that guy, huh? <laughs> uh, what else? We got a ton of other Sixers news. I mean, Markel Fultz aside, we got the Tobias Harris trade. We got James Ennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, new contract with Jimmy Butler. Just talk Sixers a little more. I could, I could honestly go on forever. I, yeah. I can't tell you how hard I am when I wake up and see newspaper headlines calling us the Fantastic Five. I mean, the addition of Tobias Harris is just unexplicably great for this team and this city. Uh, Brett Brown knows what he's doing. I don't think we are playing the type of ball that Harris was playing with the Clippers. Like, I think we're going to need to start um, setting him up with a lot more pick and rolls. Like, I know we're not, we, we've shied away from that as a team. Yep. And that he loves to drive left and get inside and honestly just has a sick jumper, too. Like, I, I think he's above average shooting from all points beyond the arc. Um, and then having Embiid inside as a threat, it's a really dangerous combo. And again, not to mention the rest of the starters, um, with Ben Simmons just somehow churning out decent performances like i like i was saying to you earlier i'm I'm not impressed with him but i know he gets the job done you, you just watch him and you kind of wonder how he ends up with these stat lines right yeah he's so efficient him. he's so efficient yeah and so good on him i love i love the production he does but like i said without work or, or without comparison i'm just so happy <laughs> for this for this team because we've trusted the process for a while now I, I remember us talking about the hashtag, like when trust the process starts first started trending uh-huh. um, and we started seeing that and I bought into it and we are ready to cash in with that chip this year. I'm telling you. So y'all, y- y- y'all are going to beat the warriors in the finals. Actually, that, that was who I re- uh, bet from the beginning. Um, it's hard not to say that LeBron's not going to come out of the Western finals um victorious because I, i'd hate to bet against that but if we get put up against the warriors if we get put up with the, against the nuggets we've beaten both of those teams in the past two weeks um but you I have the whole eastern the conference done. and you're right i think the eastern conference is more competition uh i'm not gonna lie i think Giannis and the bucks and the raptors are just much more dangerous teams um at least to the sixers than the Warriors and the Nuggets. Um, I, I I would say that the Warriors are the best team in the in the league. I know they don't have the best record. The Bucks are just demonstrating their uh, dominance. Right. But that's a good group. star power that Golden State has. Um, they are quote the best team, but one on one matchups, team on team matchups, Milwaukee and. Toronto or da- more dangerous to Philadelphia than any Western Conference team. I actually, I completely agree just on account of they can't get to the Warriors unless they go through the East first. And Absolutely. we, I'm sure we have a different opinion part. on this. We, they're not getting through the East. There's no chance. I mean, just too I many good that. teams. Even I the mean, Pacers, the Pacers year, are a legitimate we squad. We make it, but granted, we didn't, we didn't make it out of the, <laughs> the conference, but I mean, we put up a good series against, uh, what, we beat the Raptors in seven and then lost the Celtics in seven? Lost to the Celtics in, I think, five. Mm. I think it was five games. But they said, like I said, they've said it before, 
they said that it's a tricky conference. They said we can't do it. I have faith. Um, again, this is just a new team than what we've been seeing this season. Uh, Markel's shadow is gone, and Tobias Harris is just going to shine from here on out. Yeah, what I can Guaranteed. say about the Sixers is that it's just so freaking exciting that they're playing some win-now moves. Uh, you can finally try to trust the process as a fan. Uh, it's mm-hmm. happening. It's this year. It's next year. It's it's right now. It's not five years in the future. So that is awesome for both the Sixers, the NBA, the Eastern Conference, everything. It's exciting. Very exciting. I, absolutely. You, that's a really good point to bring up. Like that, that, that is so good for the organization just to like say five years ago, trust the process. And now for us to see, damn, like this is the year. You're right. Like next year is is it it's there we're gonna get we're gonna chase after that and we might as well get it we're more than halfway done uh excited for the all-star game next weekend um but i'm just really ready to see how this all shakes down and how these new players start acclimating to our team yeah very excited for the rest of the nba season yeah it's gonna be a great end of the season that's for sure that's for sure let's talk to those phillies um yes so we got a, i mean i it, could care less about baseball i cannot watch a game for the life of me um ironically the last baseball game i watched was the longest baseball game in world series history um but at least that game meant something and even then it was agonizing to watch but go on well the phillies there's just a lot of news this offseason i mean we got the whole machado and harper drama uh but on right. top of that and, we now have some talk trades is talk is cheap mm-hmm I I'm I don't want to worry about these big big hitters until they're actually signed to us. You know what I'm saying? I I hate the anticipation and trades going back and forth, especially for a sport I don't care about. Right. I much rather just shake it out and uh, actually sign them. I know that would be very good for the Phillies. Um, to obviously acquire much better players. Right. Right. Uh, let me just ask you this: the your your gut instinct. Uh, Harper first, Machado second. Mm. Do you yes or no? Are they going to end up with the Phillies? Um, gut instinct, not both of them. I don't think both of them. Um, and so going Harper, I'd prefer Harper over Machado, honestly. Um, but I, I honestly don't feel confident enough to comment, to be honest, whether or not I have faith that they'd end up joining. I don't know what what our coaching staff is looking like, uh, what kind of deals we're offering them. I'm not too keyed into that. All right. Well, if the Phillies are as prepared for this upcoming season as you are for, you know, talking sports, then they should be just fine. Um, but let, let's talk that great. trade. Let's talk that trade. Uh, you, you heard anything on that JT Romuto trade? Yes. And this was the only one I paid attention to because uh, I saw the notification come up and I said, Shit, I guess it's time for baseball alerts to start now. Um, but we ended up acquiring JT Real Muto, and I don't know anything about this guy. Uh, I know he plays catcher, and catcher. that is what got me most excited about this news because I think we can both agree that the Phillies are at their best when we have a Hispanic behind home plate. Wow. Um, yeah, that is wow. problematic, probably, but. Um, in good faith, I'm saying that when we had wait, so so should we tell the children to not had, watch the Phillies because it's so problematic? They can get over it. I, I think I think baseball is a man sport. It's America's pastime, and, and America's 
past is problematic. So, yeah. So, okay, I see where you're <laughs> headed there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if it's problematic, you just got to move on because exactly. you can't change it now. What a take. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's it'll, great talk. America's past time puts the time in the past, and so now we're over it. Now we're moving forward. That's a great take. I love it. Mm-hmm. One love, brother. Beautiful. And so, again, like just examples of the uh, hardworking Hispanic people behind the plate. Chooch, obviously. Chooch. Um, everyone from the city loves that guy. And it's hard. Everyone in the United States loves that oh, guy. Oh, he's a legend. It's, it's hard not to He's be a legend. Chooch guy. He's a legend. I he, can't he I caught, love that guy. I think he caught um, both Roy Halladay's perfect game and the playoff no hitter. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well said. Um, Rest in peace to the man. I honestly, those are actually the images of Chooch. Now you now you mentioned that that like popped in my brain of just him running to the plate, uh, pitcher's mound after yeah. really through those games. Yep. Um, beautiful thing, really. Yeah. Rest in rest in peace. Seriously, I feel like that didn't get talked about enough. It really uh, didn't. I agree. Yeah. Like as as stand up as a guy that was, and the importance he brought to a lot of sports cities, and it was, it was just sad to see, and like I said, I I feel like we didn't talk about it enough. He should have a day named after him or something. Yeah, not only did did the unfortunate event of his passing not really come up, it's not even. I feel like he's almost underrated as a pitcher. I mean, we. It, oh yeah. It's not a huge point of conversation who's the best pitcher ever but i mean this guy won a cy young in both leagues has a world mm-hmm. series has a world series through a uh through a no hitter no in the playoffs has playoffs. a perfect game he has everything on the quote unquote list for the greatest pitchers to ever play and yeah i agree we just, we don't talk about holiday like that he's not in that book mm-hmm. yeah and it's almost sad to think about that uh about him just not being here anymore and being so young because when you get notifications of the these these old heads dying at eighty and ninety, you look back and see how much they accomplished. But like, yeah, this this was Halliday's passing. Like that was that was it. You're right. He, he's history will not be kind to him, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I think that will change. I I I do reckon in the next few years, um, people are just gonna be like, damn, remember when Halliday was slinging it? Yeah. Um. Well, he's certainly a Hall of Famer. I I don't think there's any chance he's not getting sure. into the Hall of Fame. Right. I think you're absolutely correct. So, pouring out for my dude. Um, that was tragic. And he's in a better place. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Okay, let's bring up those Eagles. Ton oh, of God. hot topic um, in sports, those Philly Eagles. Yeah. I live with two Patriots fans and in my house and two next door. And Wow, that is I tough. I can't hear enough of it. That uh, is tough. They, like I know I'm the worst, but I mean like they're just the worst. They're the yeah yeah I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I just hate Tom Brady. I have a problem with he's problematic. Honestly, the way he's going about kissing all these no see I disagree. Stuff. I disagree. I think that's great. I don't think that's problematic. I I think he's he's breaking down barriers for the homosexual community. Yeah, and that's great. But like, can you not be the freaking best quarterback ever or something and keep kissing all old dudes and young dudes kiss dudes your age like get married to a guy that's a good take instead of your beautiful wife yeah it's almost stop. somewhat predatorial yeah like, i mean he's he's a powerful guy taking over vulnerable individuals i mean his son 
And then just Robert Kraft, I mean, he's willy-nilly go with the wind, jerking off in shoes and stuff. I mean, he's so. 75 years old. That's I, That has to be relevant. I'm not sure why it's relevant, mm-hmm. but he's so old. Tom's just kissing mm-hmm. him. He can get it. Robert Kraft can get it. Yeah. Again, I'm not Tom Brady, so I can say that, and it, it'd be fine. But when I have a fucking problem when Tom Brady does it. Yeah. I guess I can go for anything. So, um, no, no homophobia, just Brady hadia. Oh, of course, of course. When Brady does it, it automatically makes it terrible. I mean, if this guy yeah. built a house for some homeless people, you'd be like, dude, it should have been bigger. You have more money. Like mm-hmm. anything he yeah, does is automatically imperfect. It's just, it's just, a sh- it would be so shitty of him to do that. Uh, I don't even know why he would consider that. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. So back, back to your Eagles. Back to your Eagles. Yeah, back um, to the birds. First you know of all, Nick Foles. Yeah, let's talk about Nick Foles. That's the biggest topic. Yep. Let's go. Yep. Um, again, I don't think I have a hot take. All I can say is, what a duty that man has done to our city. Yep. Um, there needs to be statues erected on every corner of Nick Swong, and I'm just glad he's slanging in our city for as long as he could. Um, maybe something will happen again where he disappears for a year like he did and then comes back and throws for catches for another Super Bowl win. Um, but I'm excited to see where he goes. Like I, I've liked him forever, ever since, um, God, I think it was, oh shit. Chip Kelly was still coach when this happened. They, um, he, he went in for, I guess Vic was injured at that point. And, um, throws seven touchdowns, tying the record for most touchdowns in a NFL game. And Chip Kelly pulls him for the entire fourth quarter. I mean, we were spanking the team, granted, but let the kid get a record. Like, it was a backup quarterback throwing the most touchdowns in any NFL game. Yeah. I would have loved to see him break it. And he could have done it with 15 more minutes. But fuck you, Chip Kelly. You screwed us. Eh. That's actually a, that's actually a bad take. I, I take that back. Chip Kelly set us up for greatness. Chip Kelly is the worst coach in <laughs> perhaps NFL history. What are you talking about? We say that, but I mean, it, it's it's it would be so hard to not draw a I guess cause and effect about what he did to the team. Uh, you're, I would think it'd be hard to say that the team that Doug Peterson adopted was the same that Chip Kelly left it with, but. When Chip Kelly came in and traded away Shady and uh, what do we buy? Kiko Alonso was a bust. Um, our defense started shaking down. Like it was working out for a little bit, and we were rushing the ball. We were doing huddle uh, or hurry up offense and just playing college ball and winning games, but not chips. And oh, that was a, that was a play on words. And um, ha, 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 ha. so I'm just, so Chip Kelly was a good coach for us. Wow, I don't even. I, I was happy with this. I think I, I have no no hate for Chip Kelly. I think that that's a spicy take, but I'm not even sure because who who has an opinion on Chip Kelly in the NFL other than he ruined the Eagles? <laughs> yeah, and I felt I did feel that way initially. Like it was really frustrating to see him just selling people and putting people on the trading block and changing stuff up and not being the way we do it. Um, but like I said, it kind of set up the Super Bowl team that ended up 
hoisting that trophy in front of my face. Um, it's hard to deny that. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, even for me, it's hard to argue that just on account of he did so many player personnel moves and <laughs> roster changes and everything. Um, but it's hard to say it's a coincidence that he left and then they won the Super Bowl. It, there has no. to be oh, a link oh, there. I, oh, there has no to doubt. be a link there. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, I, I don't think he could have won a Super Bowl. But not all great coaches win Super Bowls. That's fact. So, Absolutely true. Um, yeah. Andy Reid. I mean, this guy <laughs> will probably never win a Super Bowl. That, but yeah. Great, great coach. Yeah, great, great, great offensive um, mind. I mean, a genius. Look at his, uh, if you look at his record in weeks one through 11 on his entire career, it's absurd. He starts every season championship <laughs> level. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. You love to see it until, until week 12. Week 12 hits, the playoff hits, the clock management hits, the, the late in the fourth quarter hits, and he just doesn't know what to do. Yeah, it's uh, it's sad to see that chubby man sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so talk, talking to football, uh, you seen any of this brand new football league, the AAF, just came out on Saturday? So I actually must have missed the trainer, uh, the hype trainer, whatever, to get on this league because – I was first hearing about it from your Snapchat story updating me. Um, but I've looked into it, seen the players that are in it. I mean, Trent Richardson, I used to love watching that guy in Alabama. Yep. Um, and to see him playing and watch those highlights, scoring the first ever AAF touchdowns, pretty big. Uh, that's honestly... Did he win the Heisman? Did Trent Richardson win the Heisman? I think he does have a Heisman, yeah. Okay. So maybe that's the second biggest accomplishment in his life. but um. I I I I want to tune in. I miss football already. It's been a week. I'm going through withdrawals. Yeah. Um. Besides quitting nicotine, like just from football. What is what are you, what is your what is your take on the AAF? Like, what did you see yesterday while you're watching games? How many games were there? Uh, two games yesterday, two games last night, and two games today. Um, so my a lot of takeaways. Honestly, I mean, it's new football. A lot to talk about. But first and foremost, the thing I have to say is strictly football wise it's good football um i think a lot of people their mindset is kind of these guys are are minor leaguers like right. it's football sure. so it's kind of cool that it's on tv but i don't care this is gonna suck this is, screw this um, right. but but that's the exact opposite of how it's played out i mean uh some of the players i mean we have legitimately good players in here like you said we have trent richardson who in the nfl was more or less a bust but i mean the guy played for the browns like what yeah what, like, i know um, he, he was set up to fail. Right. Um, and I'm not saying he would have been a great NFL running back anywhere else, but he, you can't say that Trent Richardson isn't a good football player. I mean, dude played at Alabama. Mm-hmm. One, I think he has a national championship, a Heisman Trophy. Like, he, he's a good football player. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I'm, I'm happy he's getting those reps. Making right. Money. Right. That's where I'm at. And Nick Novak. Mm-hmm. Nick Novak, that uh, San Diego Chargers kicker, I kicker. think it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got good players in this league. I mean, that guy's probably going to be the MVP of the whole thing. Uh, how old is he is he just like old retired and now he's in the aff or he, no or no the chargers uh goes, yeah chargers terminated that contract because he wasn't making his kicks yeah you can't be doing that as a uh kicker yeah yeah that's a no-go for sure yeah cody park you would know about that <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> Roberto uh, Aguayo type stuff. Hey, never forget. Never forget. Would you would you compare it to CFL football? Like what what's a what's a comparison with that? Um, no, it's um, it's more like arena football than CFL football. Here's why I say that. Uh, obviously, it's extremely different than AFL. So for those of you that may not be familiar, AFL is the Arena Football League, and there's a just so many differences between this and regular football. Like they play on a smaller field. They play in arenas. Like, um, they have the field is only fifty yards. It's surrounded mm-hmm. by walls, so there's not like a sideline awesome. or anything. It's awesome, fast-paced game, super exciting. Love arena football. But the reason I you make the comparison leveled against those right. rails. Yeah, just knocked over the walls. They'll like jump for a catch and literally get pushed over the wall. This is yep. ridiculous. It's like baseball. Yeah, you're you're RKO in these guys. It's so cool. <laughs> I don't know where. But um where was it? Oh yeah. The uh so I compare AAF to arena football for this reason. Mm-hmm. It's super, super fast paced. So in really offensive. Real well, it it hasn't been, but it's still fast paced oh, for okay. these reasons. So like um, there's no kickoffs at all. If the other team scores, you got the ball at the 25 yard line. Simple as that. Oh wow! You just get the ball. Um, there's also no extra points. You go for two. Um, so the offense stays on the field. This as soon as you score, your offense stays, runs another play, and then you give the other team the ball. It's just quick. Commercial breaks are short. It's very fast, very action packed. That is impressive. Yeah. And you li- and you like that? It's weird. It's. Mm-hmm. I I don't like it or dislike it yet. Um, mm. It's new. I don't really have an opinion. What I can say is the football was good enough that it definitely did not ruin the experience. It was still very interesting um, in the coming weeks and probably after this next set of games next weekend, I'll really have an opinion on the whole thing. But I'm really just excited for more football, and it's good football, well-coached. Uh, in this league, we have Mike Singletary coaching. We have mm-hmm. Mike Martz uh, appeared in Super Bowl a couple times with the Rams. We have Steve Spurrier. Uh, it's a legitimate Ooh, league. Love that guy. Um, yeah, it's a legitimate league. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Fisher is one of the chief strategists, a uh, great NFL coach at a time. Uh, it's good football. It's legitimate. I'm a huge fan already. Um, go Orlando Apollos. Oh, you, you following Orlando for this one too? Yes, sir. Awesome. I'll get behind that. That's, uh, that's the squad that Spurrier's coaching. Oh great! Okay then, even better. What what team is uh Jeff Fisher doing stuff for? Uh, none. He's a front office guy. Oh oh oh. Yeah, okay. he's he's Good like yeah Shit. exactly. It's awesome. Um, he awesome. uh, you might have heard him on part of my take a couple weeks ago. Um, oh yeah, I did. He did a great promo. Interview. Yeah, Good he did guy. a promo interview, generally for the league, but they barely talked about it. They talked about him wrestling bears and stuff. Yeah, the he's a recurring guest, so I mean. Uh, he might have been on there before talking about it. He's he's um, a dude's dude. He's so cool. I want to be Jeff Fisher. I would I would love to be Jeff I would, Fisher. I would love to be any professional coach. I would I, love to be any retired professional coach. Or fired. Any? Actually, I don't need to be. I don't need to be retired. I could be fired. Well, yeah, any. You're right. I I wouldn't like to be any anyone <laughs> that was successful. Like if I if I either retired yeah. or got fired at the end of my career but had been to a couple Super Bowls and had like a 10 game winning streak in the NFL mm-hmm. I, I'm living I'm living large I'm gonna do what Jeff Fisher does I'm gonna go to Alaska mm. I'm gonna shoot some stuff I'm gonna ride four wheelers I'm gonna go surfing I'm literally gonna do whatever I feel like and then when people want to interview me I'm gonna be like yeah I'm down to talk football 
when you're writing that check. Exactly. exactly. And that's the thing. He, he's just going to be making so much money off that. But he's not in it for that. He's, he's a big football guy. He's a football, true football guy. guy. Definition of one. Yeah, and that's, th- that's what's exciting to me about this league. Everyone that seems to be involved in a high-up position, it's not commercial. They're all football guys. That's good. That, that's awesome. If only the NFL was still this way. Very, very well said. Roger Goodell is not a football guy. Roger Goodell isn't a, a he's a machine. He's not even a guy. He's not a football guy <laughs> or a, a, guy. a movies guy. He's not a guy. Yeah, he's just a machine. He's Cletus. He is Cletus. <laughs> yeah, that's a good take. He is Cletus. <laughs> I can see that coming off in the, in the onion a few months from now. All right. Yeah, the only thing I haven't talked about so far is uh, Flyers. And um, I don't know how deep into NHL you get, but I do love putting hockey on while I just stare at my phone for the next 30 minutes. Yeah, I love um, to put hockey on a TV that I'm not going to look at. Yeah, exactly. I just turn the screen around uh, and just listen to the commentators and try right. to listen for a huge buzzer. Um, <laughs> obviously, the Flyers are, what, better than 11 teams in the league. Um Sounds a lot better than saying we're like bottom three in our conference. Right. Um, <laughs> Islanders are on top, and it's hard to not see that it's either them or the Caps here again. But the Flyers always have a way to get into the first round of the playoffs. They, I do not know the last time they made it past that round, but they know how to get in. And uh, I don't even know how many games are left. Um, but we'll see how they can turn that around. Yeah, the Flyers are, are, are done. This is not their year. The, yeah, no. the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning are exquisite, but they're the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NHL. Even when they have a good record, they suck. Uh, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. It's, it's the Winnipeg Jets. It's the Calgary Flames. It's the Nashville Predators. It's who, I mean, it's the Bruins. It's the Islanders. It's... It's all the teams it usually is. It's not the NHL is just the NHL right now. I I can't, I can't make any better comment than that. Yeah, not much to talk about out, out on the ice there. Mm-hmm. But there's a and ton to talk about. Like to talk about right, exactly. Gritty. Oh my god, I could talk about gritty. <laughs> if you if that's what you want to rattle on right now, I will give you the time and space. Um, I just say that gritty's getting a lot of undeserved hate. Um, yeah, he tweeted that, like, homicidal thing at the Pittsburgh Penguins Twitter, and yeah, he, like, scares kids and can't skate and is, like, the scariest-looking thing you've ever, never dreamt of, but the guy looks lovable. I mean, I think you just gotta get down underneath those layers of hibernating, um, juice. I don't know how bears hibernate, but I assume... There's like special juice in their stomachs that they burn. Um, There's got to be juice. Gritty appears to have. And so you just got to get under all that stuff and really understand him for a uh, just goofy Philadelphia guy. And I mean, that's why I think he's the perfect mascot. He just looks like a goofy Philadelphia guy. That's actually a pretty reasonable take. He does. He he looks straight out of Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he just finished his 12th Bud Light at 9 a.m. Um, He's ready to go talk about how his family didn't watch the bummers they parade this year and just get really upset about Nick Foles. Shout out to Chase Whaley, by the way. We know a guy that's a champion. 
of the Mummers Parade. I mean, I don't know how many of your, your listeners are going to be caring about the Mummers Parade, which is really unfortunate because y'all should get into that. Tradition. It's a huge deal. Uh, it's a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's big, it's big where we're from. So shout out Chase Whaley on that. It's, that. That was big. Absolutely. Shouts out, Chase. Let's talk entertainment. Let's do it. What, what have you been into recently? I know you're big in the world of, uh, you know, streaming and, and television and movies and music and all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. What have you been up to recently? Yeah, I definitely uh, like to dabble in the procrastination activities um, that are usually unhealthy. So um, TV, number one thing I recommend right now is Real Bros of Simi Valley. If you know who Jimmy Tatro or Cody Coe are, Hunter, Yep. Uh, I think I think you've experienced the show. Yeah. Real funny dudes. Um. Actually, I just found out that the guy that plays Bryce is a DJ that produces music, and his artist name is Gitter. Like a legitimate like, DJ. Yeah. Like he's been out since like 2011. Interesting. And has millions of listens on his stuff. Um. Big DJ. Honestly, check it out if you love EDM music. Gitter is a sick DJ. Huh. But anyway, he's in this TV show for quote real bros um the out in california smoke weed drink super dumb dudes get into super relatable situations and really funny show again produced by jimmy tatro and cody co um and it's super difficult to stream like i tell my friends about this show and they don't understand how to find it but it's all actually on youtube um because it just got started by those guys and there's four episodes on there that are like eight minutes long each so it takes just a, just under a half hour to finish them all. And that's all the first season. And it got picked up by Facebook TV, which is, or Facebook Watch, I think it's called. And they created 10 more episodes and just finished the second season last week, actually. So I definitely recommend watching that. Unlike Hunter here. Tampa, what were we doing? I guess I was driving back to school and stopped the bull with you for a little bit. I mean, I've we seen up. the first season, dude. I, I, we watched the first season in Delaware. Very true. We got back from a New Year's brew, watched the first season. You couldn't get enough, and so you wanted to watch the second season yep. when we were at your crib, and I put it on. We cruised through the first eight episodes. Oh, yeah. It was when you were in Richmond. I told you this, dude. Yeah. I told you you watched it. <laughs> nah, nah. I don't. I, I was in the room while it was on. I, I kept looking over at you and asking if you were awake, and you'd cognizantly respond, yeah, I'm awake. <laughs> and then drift back off and i yeah. gotta say i had higher expectations for you i, I, I trusted you bro well, that's tough uh, what i can say is i've seen the first season and it was very entertaining and if i ever get around to it i will give the second season a legitimate chance because i believe it will be entertaining i struggled to, mm-hmm. to follow series uh even even netflix series or anything if i even start a series i'll watch the first handful of episodes and i'm just no longer riveted it's you i just lo- i lose interest really? i lose interest um, mm. I watched the first season of Scandal. It was I was glued to my seat, watched nothing after the first season. I've seen the first several episodes of the CW show The One Hundred, very popular show. Can't can't follow. I watched the first couple episodes and I just don't care anymore. That's tough, dude. I cannot relate. I'll watch shows that I don't like and I'll just get into them and have to finish the series. Like I'll be like, well, I just watched the first season, so now wow. I gotta watch the next season. You, you watch Man, series you don't even enjoy. goes downhill from that. Yeah, it sounds, that? sounds like a downhill trek watching seasons that you don't even enjoy. Series you don't enjoy. Yeah, it, it's really dumb. 
Kind of uh, sounds like watching Philadelphia sports. 2020 resolution. I'll stop doing that. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Uh, what about the Grammys? You got any takes on album of the year or anything like that? We got we got Mac Miller nominated, which is rest in peace to that man as well. Absolutely, rest in peace, Mac Miller. Um, shit, now that you brought that up, I gotta go like listen to five more Mac music videos. Yeah. Um. All right. So my takes for the Grammys. I'm I'm saying that Cardi B is going to have the best performance there of the night. Uh, I I think we can bet on that. Um, that's I, I think that's without question. That. I'm trying to see some skin. She, so. Cardi is what a queen. I, I don't really have anything to say. Cardi's She's a queen, dude. I offset. You are so lucky. You look like Pootie Tang, and you married Cardi B. Like how how does this work? That was I think the best take I I have heard come out, come out of your mouth was that. <laughs> Offset is Pootie Tang. Offset looks so much like Pootie Tang, it's uncanny. For those of you who don't know, you just don't know. Pootie Tang, amazing comedy flick. Recommend it. It's classic. If, Wise up. If you haven't seen the film, stop this podcast, go watch, and come back. Rejoin <laughs> us. Rejoin us later. So I'm going to give you a second to pause and go watch that. And now we're back. Beautiful. Um, beautiful. Is Rockstar really nominated for Record of the Year? I feel like that song came out two years ago. God's Plan. Oh, my God. This is... See, this is the thing about always going through Grammy nominations. It's just like, wow, like, yeah, I totally remember listening to this song like six months ago, but it feels like way longer than six months ago. Right. And none of the songs that you listen to now and are like, oh, my God, this song should get a Grammy are even nominated because they just haven't had the time to blow up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is, it's so, also February. So, like, songs that came out over a year ago are eligible to win a Grammy tonight. Right. It's weird. Shit, is that really tonight? It's happening as we speak. Oh, God. Okay. Well, for my takes, like I said, I think Cardi's going to kill a performance. Absolutely. Um, Record of the Year is always a toss. Do you understand the difference between, like, what is it, record of the year and song of the year? What? Well, they have, I'm not even sure if there is just a simple record of the year. They have, they break it down by genre. So, like, there's a hip hop album of the year, uh, which is oh, what shit, I was talking true. about for Mac. So, like, for that one, Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy, uh, Mac Miller's Swimming, Travis Scott's Astro World, and a couple mm-hmm. others nominated. Um, I'm anticipating um, a lot of kudos for Drake. Um, since nobody can get off his dick. Yeah, Drake is going to get love. I really hope he's there in person and that he says something about his kid um, because I have not heard any comments about that. Yeah, if if he did, apparently it would be the first time he ever mentioned his kid in his entire life. So that would be breaking news. Mm -hmm. And I would love to break that story with you. So when that happens, I'm going to hate you on. We're coming for you, Drake. we'll We'll be the first to know. Um, but no, for real, Scorpion was a great project. I honestly flared it for two months after it came out, which is which is a decent amount of time for like summer albums. You know? Yeah, because there's so much content, right? So much content um, coming out. Mm-hmm. Drake just knows how to speak to white people. Um, just really knows how to kill it and put out quality music that we can vibe to. So, yeah, well said. Appreciate it, dude. Oh my god, and then. Speaking of Philly and everything, you've heard the song Going Bad by Meek Mill and Drake, right? I've not. Look it up. Once again, fantastic song. That song deserves a goddamn Grammy. Um, 
Meek Mill's album should have been nominated. Champions, dude, yep. was fire. great album. God, shout, sh- fucking shout out Meek Mill. Shout out Meek like, Mill. Got out of jail for being in there on some dumb stuff. Literally just trying to ride his dirt bike. Preach. Got out of jail, put out a fantastic record. Preach. Representing well, Philly well, well. I think we skipped a couple things. The The real order of events was gets out of jail, <laughs> Sixers president flies him in a helicopter through the Sixers playoff game to the that game. night. Yeah. And we lost, but it was fine because freaking Meek was free. So what more do we want? Our, our guy is back. So we lost Nick Foles, but we got Meek back. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. We could all pull one out for. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You can't win them all. Mm-hmm. Respect. All right, Philly fan, Mr. Andy here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. That's all the time we have for you today. Um, Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Tampa. This was a lot of fun. I look forward to being back. Yeah, can't wait to have you on the show again. Let's be sooner rather than later on that. You know it will be. For sure, for sure. All right, man, take care, and I'll see you soon, all right? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. You too.